This morning, I want to introduce to you one of my heroes. Uh, Sam Johnson has been a missionary of Plover Hill for now probably 13 years. He has done so much for Jesus around the world. I'm so grateful that he's an extension of what we're trying to accomplish and what we're trying to do. He is one of the 156 missionaries that we support as a church. I want you to give a warm Plover Hill welcome to our missionary, my hero, Sam Johnson. Thank you very much. Good morning. I am honored to be back at Clover Hill and to be a friend of Stan Grant, one of the most unusual pastors we have in America. <laughs> the longer I'm with his wife, the reason I see the reason why he's successful, because Stan Grant definitely married up. An outstanding family, and now what a phenomenal church. Over 5,500 people last week in church as a result of his ministry through the years. And I thank you for letting me come and be with you this morning. The Sunday after Resurrection Sunday. Wow. Peter couldn't handle it. He had betrayed his friend and his master. And he went early on resurrection morning looking for where they had laid Jesus. And they found Jesus sitting outside of the tomb on resurrection morning, the risen Christ. Their eyes fastened on each other. And Jesus said to Peter, go and tell the others I'm alive. Quick, go and tell them. Peter knew where they were, and he ran and he found the other ten. Judas, of course, had betrayed Christ, no longer was a part of the group. Peter came to them and he said, I saw Jesus. He's alive. Come on, Peter, please, don't do that to us. We saw him, they put him on a cross. It's all over, it's too late. Don't do that. No, 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 no. I, I talked to him this morning. Come with Peter, please. No, 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 come with me. And he convinced the ten, and they came and they met Jesus. And Jesus said to the eleven, I must go to the Father, and I must tell them all the things that have happened these last three years. But I want you to go to Jerusalem, and I want you to wait for the promise of the Father. And as he was speaking, he was caught up from among them, and he disappeared into the air. The angels came, and they said, this same Jesus that you see leaving, he's coming back the same way. And I've got good news for you this morning in Clover Hill. He is coming back, ladies and gentlemen. He's coming back not only as our resurrected Lord, but as the Lord for the entire world. Hallelujah. They went to Jerusalem, and on the way they became evangelists because by now they have 120. They got to Jerusalem not knowing where they were going to go, so they rented a second-floor apartment by the day. We call it the upper room. They began to pray. Oh, God, whatever you have in store, please, please, two days, three days, four days, somebody had a guitar and began to sing, Oh, how I love Jesus. Five days, six days, waiting. They didn't know. We know the story, but they didn't know how long this. They didn't. They had. So they kept waiting and praying, God, please send us the promise. Whatever you have in mind, please do it. But on the 10th day, the Holy Spirit filled all of the room. They were sitting as we are this morning. And the Holy Spirit came and impregnated every one of them. And they began to speak in a language that they had never learned as an expression of the power of God. 
was feast time in Jerusalem and people gathered together from the surrounding area and they heard these people speaking in their own languages and they were amazed by all of this. How can this be? Peter heard all of this and he stood up and he began to speak to them and he said, this is that which was prophesied by the prophet Joel. And he ministered and he ministered. Being a true Pentecostal preacher, he preached and preached and preached and preached. In those days, there were no time limits. And when he finished, and when he finished, and when he finished, 3,000 gave their hearts to Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And if you will come with me this morning, I will take you around the world. It'll take us a couple of jumbo jets. I will show you today, ladies and gentlemen, one billion Pentecostal believers. I will show you one billion Christians, one billion who believe in Jesus Christ, who trace all of the beginnings back to the day that Peter preached when 3,000 got saved because Jesus invested his life in the lives of 11 faithful men. That's what we call priority one. That's the ministry, ladies and gentlemen, that God has given to all of us and that this church has been deeply involved in. And that is training the national church around the world to, 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 to start churches and to send students back to the Bible schools, go out and start churches who would go back to Bible. And, and that's what God has been doing through the ministry of priority one. In 1966, when Joyce and I left America to go to Spain to start a Bible school, I know you look at me this morning, you'll say 66 and 76 and 86 and 96. Wow, what a young man. All those years, how can it be? How can it be? And the answer, ladies and gentlemen, must be oil of Olay. It's an amazing thing. It's an amazing thing. Get it on. Get it on early. For some of you, it may not be any hope. But, but, but God allowed us. God allowed us. God allowed us the opportunity to go to Spain and to help start the very first Bible school in that country. 1969, 1970, we had five students who became five graduates. And if you will come with me today to Spain, ladies and gentlemen, I will show you hundreds of evangelical Pentecostal churches for the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. Not springing up entirely out of that Bible school, but there, that was the genesis. That was the beginning. That was how God helped us in the country of Spain to get started to begin to evangelize that country. So while we were there, we were also developing a correspondence school that ultimately reached into a quarter of a million homes by way of correspondence, obviously. And I received a phone call one day from our brothers and sisters over in the country of Portugal. And they said, could you please come on over and visit us? And so I went over to Portugal and I discovered that the Lisbon Portuguese church, the Lisbon church, had 60 congregations and only three full-time pastors. And they were, the pastors, the pastors were going Sunday morning, Sunday afternoon, Sunday night, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, visiting. And they were just going, they were going, they were going. That was crazy. And so they said to me, Sam, would you please pray for workers? Pray for workers so that we can fill all these empty pulpits. And I'm praying, oh, God, please send workers. Send. One day I was back in Spain. I was praying this prayer. And God said to me, what they need in Portugal is a training center. They need a Bible school so they can bring together the brightest, the finest, and teach them and, 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 and send them out and fill all these empty pulpits. So I went back to Portugal and I said to the Portuguese brothers and sisters, God spoke to me and I think what you folks need is a Bible school. Oh, they said, yes, that's exactly what we need and we want you to come and build it and direct it for us. Oh, I said, no, I could never do that. No, no, oh, no. And I have professors of Bible college who would agree. No, 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 no. But one day God said, Sam, I want you to go. 
And I had two little babies now born in Spain, three boys. I picked them up. We came to America, and I began to visit churches, telling them we're going to go to Portugal and we're going to build a Bible school. I had left my wife and the three boys in a little mobile home in Springfield, Missouri, while I began to travel. And everybody in America needs to live in a mobile home. <laughs> One time. I'm traveling across this great country, and I'm sleeping in my own bed 60 nights. Wherever I went, I said, God is going to help us. God's going to help us. And people responded, and they gave generously. And a year and a half later, I, I went back to Springfield to pick up my wife and my kids. Wow, they had grown. And off to Portugal we flew. The day after I arrived in Portugal, I'm walking all over 30 acres of land on the edge of the city of Lisbon that God had been saving for us to purchase. We were able to purchase it, and we began to build and we built and we built and we built and we built and I want you to see what God helped us to build in the country of Portugal. A phenomenal Bible college for over 300 students, dormitories, classrooms, libraries, a chapel that seats 1,500 people, a magnificent place. It's a gorgeous place. Now in over 40 years of training. That's, but, that's, but the facility is not what's important. What is important, ladies and gentlemen, is the fact that today over thousands of young people have gone through that facility someplace today preaching the good news of Jesus Christ around the world, doing as Jesus Christ did, training young men and women. And so God gave us the privilege in Spain and Portugal, and we kind of, we kind of, we kind of, we kind of cut our teeth, and we just, wow. So when communism fell in 1989, and, it, and, it, and, it, and it, it seems to us in America today, it was a long time ago, but it, was, it really wasn't that long ago, just in 89. Communism fell, the Soviet Union broke up, and I was privileged to get into the country of Romania, Romania, and there to help buy five acres of land in the heart of the city of Bucharest, and we began to build. And we built, and we built, and we built, and we built, and take a look at the Bible College that God helped us to build in Romania, a magnificent facility, a great, a great place to train young men and women. And today in the country of Romania, there's over 2,000 Pentecostal churches, all for the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ, which springs up out of training, springs up out of training. So while I was in developing all of this and working there, I got a phone call from a missionary who'd just gone to the Republic of Georgia. I'm not talking about Atlanta. I'm talking about the Republic of Georgia. This lies south of Russia. And, and, and Putin and all of his, they lost. They, because Georgia had once been, now they lost. And Putin's not happy. Putin's not happy today. In fact, he's, he's well, Putin's not happy. You wouldn't be either if your name was Putin. But... <laughs> I mean, it's, and, 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 so, and so the missionary went to Georgia, and he knew that the answer lay in establishing a Bible school. He called three of us to come from America to see if we could help him. There was a pastor from Oklahoma, one from Indiana, and myself. And the missionary was so, it was just, he was, and he already had on his desk, in the little office that he had, a, an architect's mock-up of what the Bible school would look like. There's the boys' dormitories, the girls' dormitories, the chapel, the dining room, all with little trees and little, and it was amazing, amazing. I looked at all of this, and I asked a question that sometimes gets me into trouble, and I asked, what will that cost? And he said, three-quarter of a million dollars. Wow. I was not, I was not, I was not. But the pastor from Oklahoma quickly said, I'll give you the first quarter of a million dollars. 
Wow. The pastor from Indiana is not going to be put down by the Sooners, without a doubt. He said, I'll give the second quarter of a million dollars. And there were just three of us there. <laughs> I said, i got to find Stan Grant in a hurry, in a hurry, <clears throat> in a big hurry. And God helped us to buy. God helped us to buy. We were not able to do what we had planned to do because of, and that's a whole other story. People were very upset about us coming and so on. But we were able to buy this building, renovated it completely. The, just to show you the size of the building on the ground floor, there's, a, there's an auditorium that seats 1,000 people. It's a magnificent facility from the beginning. It's always been full of young men and women being trained and taught for the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. And today in the Republic of Georgia, where there was only a handful of believers, today there are hundreds of evangelical Pentecostal churches for the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ, which springs up out of training, training. We discovered that the key to all of this is training the nationals to reach their people. And so when the opportunity came to us to go into the country of Albania, Albania was one of those countries much like North Korea is today. You can't go to North Korea and you can't they can't come out for sure. Now, if you're Dennis Rodman, you can go. But otherwise, <clears throat> and isn't he wonderful with all of the, just. <clears throat> That's the way it was in Albania. The people could not leave. No one could go in. The dictator controlled everything until the day he was disposed in 1989, the fall of communism. And we were able to get into the country of, Roma, of Albania, Albania, which just across from, 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 from Italy, Albania. We were able to get into there, and through the help of a wonderful missionary, bought land on the edge of the capital city of Tarania, and there from the ground up we began to build. We built and we built. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a difficult place. It's a country that's very, very Muslim and very, very, very... You know, I was flying, my last visit, I was, just to give you an idea, I was flying into Albania from Hungary, Hungary, and, on, and, and, and in every airplane you sit on, there is a magazine in the seat pocket in front of you, and I was reading the cover feature of, of that magazine was Albania. They were talking about Albania, and they said that in Albania there were more BMWs and Mercedes per capita than any other country in the world. And most of them were stolen. So it gives you a little bit of an idea. Gives you a little bit of an idea of what's happening at that time in Albania. God helped us to buy this incredible piece of property and build and build and take a look at the Bible school in Albania. And from the time from the time we opened it, ladies and gentlemen, until today, it's been full of wonderful and bright and eager young men and women who are now going out to Kosovo and Macedonia and Albania and northern Greece and that entire part. Very difficult, no doubt about it. I can't tell you that there are thousands of churches, but I can tell you that there are believers in the kingdom today who would never have been there if it had not been for the Bible school students who went to that Bible school and who are faithful today to sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. Much, 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 in a similar way, in a similar way, we had a missionary at the fall of communism who went into Siberia, Russia, and he said, could you help us? We helped them. We built this incredible facility that you see on the screen. And because of the students in that Bible school, over 750 Pentecostal churches were established by the student body that came out of that Bible school in the heart of the desperate country of Russia, Siberia. 
And much, much could be told also about Belarus, a country once dominated by communism, and then it was able to receive its, its freedom, just a handful of believers. And when we were able to help them with the Bible school, we saw over 700 churches established for the cause of the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ in the country of Belarus. And then when I was, we were building, we were building, we were building, we were building, I got an invitation, could you please come to Africa and help me? I said, yeah, Africa. I, but there's 54 countries in Africa. Do you have a preference? And they said, yes, please come to Ethiopia. So 20 years ago, we went to the country of Ethiopia to Addis Ababa, and we began to build. And we built and we built and we built a fantastic facility that now has given to the country of Ethiopia over 1,000 students who graduated with their, with, their, with their bachelor's and with their master's programs. And today in the country, listen to this, today in the country of Ethiopia, there are 16 million Pentecostal believers. It's on fire with the good news of Jesus Christ. It springs up out of training, brothers and sisters. And that was the case in Malawi. Malawa. Malawa, Malawi, Malawi. You say, but where is? I didn't know either. So I looked in the map and I went to South. I went to South Africa, Johannesburg. Caught a plane, took me up to Malawi, about an hour and a half north, a little strip of a land with 12 million people. And the superintendent challenged his pastors to start. I love the plan. It's simple. It's just this, one, 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 that every pastor would start one church in one year and send one student back to the Bible school. One, 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 one. <laughs> two, two, two becomes pretty complicated, but one, one, one. They bought it. They accepted it. And today in the country of Malawi, there are thousands of Pentecostal churches. And this morning, 10% of the entire population was in a Pentecostal church. All for the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ in the country of Malawi. Nigeria is another one of those great... I'm telling you this morning, brothers and sisters, great things are happening on the continent of Africa. Nigeria, the most populous of all countries, with 130 to 140 million people, a very poor country today, even though they have lots of oil in the southern part, Nigeria, where at one time we had 100 missionaries. Today, we have none. But the missionaries left behind 10 Bible schools that are full today with 3,000 Bible school students taught by Nigerians, financed by Nigeria, in a country where the average wage is only a dollar a day. And today in the country of Nigeria, there are 30 million Pentecostal believers, all for the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ in the country of Nigeria. To God be the glory. And so the story continues in Togo and in Botswana and in Mozambique, and in Liberia. You see the pictures on the screen, and Tanzania. What a privilege it has for me to be deeply involved in the country of Tanzania for the last six years. I had a man fly to Minneapolis, Minnesota, to meet me where I live. And people ask me why I live in Minneapolis, when I could be in Dallas or in Florida. And it's for this reason. We have great summers. And he said, I hear that you help build Bible schools. I said, yes. We believe that that's the key to evangelization in the country. He said, let me tell you what, I ha what happened. I was, elected, I was elected the superintendent of our fellowship in Tanzania. We've been in business for 75 years. 
I took 15 people. I put them in a room for two weeks. Business people, spiritual people, academicians. And we came out of the 15 days later with a plan to start 10,000 new churches in 10 years in Tanzania. And I believe that the key to all of this is training. And I need to have you help me train pastors in the country of Tanzania. Would you please help me? And I said, we can do that. And so we begin to get deeply involved in Tanzania, and we are building and building and building. And today, ladies and gentlemen, after eight years, after eight years in the country of Tanzania, there are over 8,000 brand new churches. In eight years, 8,000 brand new churches on the way to 10,000 new churches because of training that's come up out of the Bible schools that God helped us to build. In the country of Tanzania, you see on the screen this morning the beautiful men's dormitory that we finished just a year ago. That's at the central campus where we have the diploma level, the BA level, and three master's programs, and soon the PhD level will be taught from that campus of 25 acres in the heart of the country of Tanzania. Dynamic things are happening this morning, and I'm so privileged to have been a part and to be a part of what's happening in the country of Tanzania for the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. But we have never just we have never just focused in one continent or another. We've always been deeply involved in here and there because planes fly every day. And so, so we 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 were asked several years ago if we could help with the with the with the the seminary in northern Philippines in the city of Baguio and so we got deeply involved in that and that's the seminary that trains all of the students from the, from the Asian countries at the masters and the PhD level it's a magnificent facility a gorgeous campus and God's helped us now in that area because in the in the Pacific area God is doing great things for the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ we were involved in Bangladesh Bangladesh Bangladesh, a country where 99% of the people are Muslim. Bangladesh. Let me give you just an idea. Bangladesh. Bangladesh is a country the size of Arkansas with 160 million people. The missionary who went there 40 years ago found seven churches. And all of the churches were supported by the missionaries. He said, that's not the biblical plan. You need to teach your people how to give and how to tithe, and they would support you. We're no longer going to support you after 30 days. The pastors all quit. And so he began with nothing. He began with nothing, but he began by training them one by one by one by one. And today they have built a magnificent Bible school in the country of Bangladesh, and they're planning one new church every week in the country of Bangladesh for the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. Nepal, yes, give him praise. Give him praise. Nepal, Nepal is another one of those great stories. Nepal, the home of the Himalayas. Nepal. Nepal, if in 1990 you shared Jesus Christ, they would put a pistol to your head and pull the trigger. It was a ruthless government. Many of our pastors have served years in prison for the faith in Nepal. But in 1990, it began to change. And we were able to begin to help them through training. 
and we were deeply involved in the city of Kathmandu in building this magnificent facility that you see. And today in the country of Nepal, there are 1,300 brand new, strong, vibrant Pentecostal churches for the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. God is doing significant things in the country of Nepal. And then in Cambodia, wow, Cambodia. What can I tell you this morning about Cambodia that you don't already know? Let me try this on for size. The Khmer Rouge took over the country of Cambodia. And a friend of mine by the name of Darth Lee was living with his family in the city of Phnom Penh. The Khmer Rouge said, the Americans are coming. They're going to bomb the city. You must evacuate it. And in five days, they evacuated the city of one million people in its entirety, sent them out into the countryside. Once the Khmer Rouge got them there, they separated the children from their families, from their parents. And they took Darth Lee, and they put him in a camp with a 1,000 boys. For four years, they beat him. They starved him together with the other 999 boys, tortured him. And one morning, Darth Lee woke up, and he didn't see his captors. He wondered what happened. He staggered into the village that he hadn't been into for four years, and there he was reunited with his sister, only to learn that Vietnam had come in and had liberated Cambodia of the Khmer Rouge. With his sister in a small band, of people. They walked by night for several months into Thailand. And when they got there, they were, placed in, they were placed in a United Nations camp. He, after being processed, was flown to St. Paul, Minnesota, where he was placed in the home of a wonderful Pentecostal woman. And she took him to church. And at the age of 14, Darth found Jesus Christ as his personal Savior. He went to North Central University. Married the only girl from Cambodia. Smart guy. When he graduated, he said, I'm going to stay in Minneapolis, St. Paul. I'm going to start a church among the Asians. But his youth pastor, who had led him to the Lord, now became the first missionary into Cambodia after the opening of Cambodia. And he called Darth and he said, I need you. Would you please come to Cambodia? And Darth said, I will never go back to Cambodia. After all that they did to me, after all the church torture, after all the pain, after the, all the suffering, I will never go back. Don't ever call me again. And then God began to speak to him and said, Darth, don't you think that you owe him at least a visit? After all, he did lead you to me. And Darth relented and he went to Cambodia. He was there for three weeks. And while he was there, God washed out of his mind and his heart all of the bitterness, all of the anger, all of the angst, all, not the memories, no, 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 no. The memories are all there, but all of the feelings that he had against his captors. And he said, God, I'll do whatever you want me to do. And God said, I need you in Cambodia. While he was there, he was able to find his mother that he'd been separated from when he was just a boy of seven. And he shared Jesus Christ with his mom. Went back to America, said, I'm going to go back to Cambodia. And churches began to support him. And he went to Cambodia, and today, Darth Lee is not only 
the head of the Bible school in Phnom Penh, but he also has 3,500 young people in his various schools across that country, training them one by one by one by one by one that Cambodia might know Jesus Christ. It's a marvelous story. It's a rich story. It's a wonderful story. And it's a story that you have been involved in because you have helped us to build what you see on the screen this morning in the country of Cambodia. Cambodia, a magnificent facility. And I'm here this morning to thank you for your help for the Philippines and for Bangladesh and for Cambodia, and for Nepal and for India, for India, for India. We are helping today build a magnificent Bible college just outside of the city of Calcutta, a city that was once desperate, so very poor. Today it's a tech city with 18 million people, Calcutta, India. Our missionary went there over 60 years ago and built a great church and a hospital and a great ministry, but the Bible school was languishing, and so we were able through the, through, the, through the wonderful gifts of the Holy Spirit, we were able, ladies and gentlemen, to secure a four-and-a-half-acre piece of property with a building that you see on the screen this morning. We put, the, we put the top floor on it. Today, that entire facility, full of Bible school students, valued at $6.5 million, is a gift from God, all paid for, for His glory. And we're training young men and women across northern India for the good news of Jesus Christ. It's a great story. And you helped me. You didn't know that. I don't know if Stan told you. Pa Excuse me, Pastor Stan. But I don't know. If, I don't know. If, but, but you've helped me with that incredible project. And I'm here to help to, to say thanks to all of you this morning. And then I close this morning by telling you that your pastor and his son, Tyler, went with me last year to the country of Myanmar, once Burma, Burma. In 1966, the missionaries were kicked out of Burma, and all of Burma was closed to the West for the next 52 years. But three years ago, Burma began to open up and had a new change of government. The dictators were disposed, and we were able to get into the Bible school that our missionary built in the mid-60s. And when your pastor and his son, we couldn't have done it without Tyler, what a magnificent young man he is. When we, thank you, ma'am. You must work for him. But, <laughs> but when we got there, this is what we found. This is what we found. Take a look at this. That's the boys' dormitory, built in the mid-60s. While I was there, I had a meeting with the termites. And I said to the termites, now here's the deal. I want you to hold hands and link arms and keep this place up until I can get back because I'm coming back for you. You'll see how the boys lived. They, there's one bed right after another. Nothing fancy, nothing fancy. But there are 350 young men and women on that campus. And so we began to tear the building down. We began to tear, didn't take long, I promise you. We began to tear the building down. And we've been building and building for the last six months. And you'll see the progress as they continue to show you the pictures this morning. A magnificent boys dormitory that we're now building for 300 boys I want to show you the last picture I just received this last week they're now going up with the third floor of this boys dormitory it'll all be finished it'll all be finished by the end of the summer in the country of Myanmar we will we will put 400 300 young men in that building and then we're going to go across the campus and we'll do the same thing for the girls because they live in wretched facilities as well your pastor went with me, and you have made a commitment. 
to help make that possible. And when we get it finished by the end of summer, ladies and gentlemen, I can tell you and I can tell our partners across America, it's all paid for, for the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because in the country of Myanmar, in northern Myanmar, northern Burma, today, there's over 200,000 Pentecostal believers waiting for somebody to come and tell them, I'm your pastor. Because pastors are such a shortage. And so you've helped us. You've been a great blessing to us. And I'm deeply indebted to you for all that you've helped us to accomplish these last 20 years, the existence of this phenomenal church. So I'm privileged this morning to come and say, may God richly bless you as we go on together to do great things for the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ. And although we've been busy for a long time across the world, and I come to you this morning, and I thank you for all that you've done. It would be so wrong of me to leave this platform and not to ask you, how is it with your soul? Our mission, ladies and gentlemen, is not just to go and build buildings and train young men and women, but it's to share the good news of Jesus Christ Sunday after Sunday across America. And it is possible the Sunday after Easter, that there's one or two or five or ten. You say, Sam, thank God for the resurrection. Thank God for Jesus. But I've got something between me and him that I need to get out of my life. I need God to forgive me. And if I'm talking to you this morning, I've got good news for you. He's here to forgive you of your sins. So I'm going to invite you to bow your heads with me this morning. And I want to pray with you right now. Dear Lord Jesus, I thank you for all that you've helped us to do through the ministry of this church these last 20 years across Africa and Asia for thy glory and for thy honor. Thank you for the privilege. Thank you for the results. Thank you for all the pictures we see this morning, the thousands and thousands of students that have been trained or being trained. But Lord Jesus, it would be so wrong of me this morning to come here to Clover Hill and share with them the good news and not stop long enough and say, Sir, I've got good news for you. Jesus loves you too. And for those this morning that may be in this audience that need you as their personal Savior, I pray right now that you would come into their hearts and wash them clean and forgive them of their sins even now. And with heads bowed and eyes closed, let me just lead you in this prayer. And if that prayer encompasses you, my friend, make it your personal prayer. Let's pray together. Dear Lord Jesus, I ask you now to please come into my heart and to forgive me of my sins and to cleanse me. And I promise you that as you wash away my sins, I'll live for you the rest of my life. For I believe that because of my prayer, inviting you to become my Savior, I'm a new person in Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. 
And now thank you, Lord, for the prayer that's been prayed by those that need you. Thank you for what you are doing here in Clover Hill. Thank you for the, 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 the magnificent power of the Holy Spirit that's being sensed here week after week. And I pray a prayer of blessing upon this congregation and this leadership for the glory of God as we go forward to do your bidding. In Jesus' name.